This is Psalms to God, Season 2, Episode 10, Tithes and Offering. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, New King James Version. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. This is your host, Ree, and we're talking about tithing and offering. Um, We're going to talk about both. And before we really get kicked off, I want to ask you, what is tithing? What does it mean to tithe and why do you tithe? I think that a lot of people have been taught something that is very much not biblical when it comes to tithing. And when it comes to offering and I think that it's very very rare that I've been um, in a congregation where they sit down and they really go through the Bible and talk about tithing and giving and offering and how these things differ and why it was done and how it's supposed to be done and truth be told it's because a lot of modern churches are abusing this system and mis misusing the word tithe and misusing misrepresenting what is supposed to be done in the beginning of this episode i read malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 10 and i feel like a lot of pastors quote this to try to guilt their congregation into tithing and try to um, prompt fear into people there are a lot of people who believe that if they don't tithe they will be cursed And on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you have these people, uh, particularly from the prosperity movement, that believe if they tithe, they're going to get something. Um, They think that, you know, if I give money, then God will give back to me. And that's a horrible way of thinking about giving. Um, When you give, to God. It, it talks, there is a verse that says that God loves a cheerful giver. And what that means is that you're not expecting a return. Um, it, it, just think of it as though it was a re- earthly relationship. Um, if I met you and I knew that you were rich beyond all compare and I was nice to you and I gave you something because I wanted you to give me money that's very different than if I'm nice to you just because I'm being nice to you. I think we can all agree that the latter is how God would expect us to behave, how we should behave. That's the morally correct way to go about life. We're not supposed to tithe to God because we're sowing a seed and he's going to give us back from the seed that we sowed or whatever. That's not how it works. You may give 
you know, 10% your whole life and you may be poor your whole life. You may give 10% your whole life and you may be like Job and be wealthy beyond measure. Or you may give this money and, you know, you may not give hardly anything and you may be rich. I don't know. Like, that is all in God's hand and how God does things. But that's not why you're supposed to give. That's not what the purpose is. And so I really wanted to get a scriptural foundation of what tithing is for you guys and talk about that. So let's start at the beginning. Not the beginning, beginning, like in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. But in the beginning, like the first time tithe is mentioned in the Bible. So the first time it's mentioned is in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. And I think here I will point out that tithe literally means a tenth. That's what it, that's all that tithe means. It's anytime you say tithe, really you're saying a tenth. So the first time it's mentioned, um, Abraham gives a tenth of the spoils of war to Melchizedek, king and priest of Salem. So what happens is Melchizedek helps Abraham um, with this little situation where Lot, Abraham's nephew, has been taken prisoner and they go to get him back. Melchizedek helps with that. So Abraham gives him a tenth of the spoils from that war. This is completely voluntarily. Um, Abraham is not told to do this by God. Melchizedek doesn't ask for this. There doesn't seem to be any um, reoccurring thing. Like, it doesn't seem like he comes back and gives him a tenth every year or every month or anything like that. Seems to be a one-time thing. But that's the first time we see an example of someone giving a tenth to someone. And it just so happens that this man is a king and a priest of God. The second time we see this is with Jacob who promises to give God a tenth of all that God blesses him with. And that is found in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. Once again, this is not required by anybody. Jacob is just convicted in his heart to give God this tenth. And this seems to be a little bit more permanent because he doesn't he doesn't really say when he doesn't put a time frame on it. He just says all that God blesses him with. So it implies that for the rest of his life, every time God blesses him with something, he's going to give a tenth. Um, I think that's, given our modern perspective, that's how I took it, though I don't know for certain. Um, he could have meant in the situation that he was going into, going into, um, he ends up in you know his family's, original home with Laban and all of this stuff. So he could have been talking about just there. I don't really know. But this is the first time we see um, someone give a tenth on, I guess, a semi-consistent basis. Now, when it actually gets carved into a law is by Moses. So Moses, when he writes the Mosaic law, is when we first start seeing God instruct the Israelites to give a tenth by law and it's required what's interesting is that they were not required to give just a tenth we say tithe today as though that encompasses the whole of the requirement but from a old testament point of view again like i said tithe just means tenth there were actually three different tithes that are discussed and required 
by God to the Israelites. So let's talk about those three tithes really quickly. Um, so the first one you can find in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 through 27. And those are talking about um, a tenth of the, the harvest. So the produce from the land, the livestock, all of these things, not money, food, things that you can eat. They were required to be given every year. And the purpose, I think, of these was to support the religious festivals, the feasts, things like that. We just talked about the feasts. They all came together. It makes sense that you know, if you're having people join together, everybody has to be responsible for preparing the food and bringing in food for people to enjoy these festivities. So they had this tithe of the land. The second tithe, which is the one that I think most people are familiar with, is the one that was given to the Levites. That is discussed in Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 through 31. It's also discussed in Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 and 33. Now what's interesting is that the reason behind this tithe is not, oh, they're the priests, so we just give it to them because giving it to them is like giving it to God. That's not what that was. The tithe was not being given to the Levites because it was being given to God. What was actually happening is that the Levites were not given an inheritance. You can find that in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 9. So when the tribes got to Israel, um, God had Joshua carve up different sections of the land and give it to certain tribes. And those tribes then divvied it up amongst their members and each person had an inheritance. They had a, a, a plot of land, a place where they could graze their cattle or their sheep and a place that they could grow crops and produce food and things like that. However, the Levites did not have this. They were stationed at the temple and their primary job or duty was to take care of the temple, to take care of the holy artifacts, to offer the sacrifices daily and at all of the um, feasts and festivals and to read and learn the word and to teach it to other people. And with all of those responsibilities, you wouldn't have time to do all of the harvesting. I know I grew up on a farm. It's a lot of work. They would not have had time to do both. So instead of God requiring them to try to split their time with managing the temple and also managing harvesting and all of that, instead God was like, okay, they're going to do all of this for you guys. And to make sure that you guys stay right with God, you guys are going to support them. So that's why the other tribes were required to give a tenth of their crops, their livestock, etc., to the Levites. Now, the final tithe that was talking about is talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 28 and 29. And this tithe was given once every three years. And its purpose was to help the poor. So it the, the crops... The food, whatever they gave for this tithe was for the Levites, again, the widows, the foreigners, and the orphans. Marginalized people in their society, people who had nothing. And it was kind of like, I guess, our, our modern tax system of um, welfare or 
um, Medicare or something like that, where you're giving to people who do not, who cannot afford to, to have this. It would be like free lunch, things like that. It was meant to support those who did not have. So those were the three different types of tithes that were given. Um, if you do the math, this is actually about 23.3% of their harvest that they were giving to these different endeavors. So how did we get to what we have today? This 10% required thing to pastors that are not Levites. It's an interesting question. Um, I have done quite a bit of studying on it. I'm going to actually put some notes in the um, show notes from a book that I read about this that talks about um, the history from the first century church up through the Catholic church taking over and Europe doing a lot of its pagan things and how it brought some things into tithing. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about that on the show just because we don't have a lot of time. And I don't think it's going to provide, I don't think that it it's necessary for the discussion that we're having. But for those who are interested, I'm going to add it. Um, and I just wanted to point that out here. But essentially, somehow we started to associate the pastor with the Levitical priest. And then it was, oh, we're supposed to give money to the pastor. But the modern day pastor is not required to only be a pastor. That's not really his job. Um, and if you are like me, if you come from a town like me, you will probably find that a lot of the pastors there do have a day job. And that kind of makes the whole comparison to the Levites completely moot. Not to mention the fact that in the New Testament, it tells us that we're all priests in God's kingdom. That's 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. So if we're all priests, then there is no Levitical priesthood. We're all answering to our high priest, Christ, who is after the order of Melchizedek. We don't owe tithes to the Levites. So um, that is very, very confusing when you look at what the church is doing. And the simple, the simplest thing that I can tell you is that you are not required to give a tithe. That is the bottom line. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to give anything. One of the things that I always wondered um, is why we were giving money to God. God doesn't need money. And I thought that that was very strange that he would require us to give a tenth. He doesn't. We live in the age of offering. And if you look in the New Testament, you will find a whole lot more about offering than you will about tithe and requiring people to give. And if you look at... Um, you know, verses that Paul writes um, and a lot of other things. For instance, if you take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it's talking about, you know, your free will to just give as you are convicted, which is what Jacob and Abraham were doing. Um, and you'll see other verses where, you know, like, for instance, you should check out Hebrews chapter 7, the whole thing, um, 
you start to see where people were giving just to give. They were giving all that they had in some cases. And it wasn't so much about um, giving to a building so much as giving to God's people. Because the original tithe system, if you look very closely, it was about providing for God's people. It wasn't about, oh, I am God and I require you to give me this because X, Y, Z. Yes, they. some of it was them giving um, meat that was sacrificed to God. But of course, we're not required to sacrifice animals to God because Christ is our Passover lamb who has already paid that price for us. So we don't need to do those things anymore. But we are, I don't want to use the word required, but it is in our best interest to uh, provide for and to support our brothers and sisters in Christ. So I want to share with you um, my philosophy on giving. And it's based on Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 45. Um, But I'm not going to read the whole thing. I am going to start with verse 33. I'm going to read verses 33 through 40 because I think that's the most important part. But I advise you to go back and read the whole thing. Um, So Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 33. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. This verse or these verses have a profound meaning that I think people miss when they focus on, oh, I give a tenth, I give a tenth. I'm giving a tenth to my church and that's all I have to do. And then they give that tenth to the church and who knows what the church does with it. And they think that they are done. But this talks about the heart of what God expected and wanted from us. He wanted us to take care of each other. And in this is a perfect example. He saw, people saw that someone was in need and they helped that person. How many times do we find that somebody is fallen on rough times, that we see a homeless person that we walk by, somebody needs a place to stay or whatever the case may be. And we're like, oh, that doesn't concern me. Oh, I don't need to worry about that. But I gave my 10%. And it's so visible. When I was in high school, I think I was in high school, maybe middle school, um, there was a church down the road from where I grew up and they redid like the front of the church. They put in this new stained glass window. They spruced it up. It was a beautiful building. This church is in the middle of the hood. 
all the houses around it look like they've been through some things and still going through some things. And across the street from this church, there was a lady living in a house that was being held together by duct tape. Duct tape. And it wasn't the church that went and tried to fix up this lady's house. It was one of the teachers at the school finding out about this and then going into Habitat for Humanity and then Habitat for Humanity stepping in and fixing this woman's house. And, you know, I asked myself, what does that say about us as believers that we would put all of our money into a building, which is idolatry, by the way, instead of helping the people? Because the building is not the church. Let's, I mean, I want to, I'm going to do an episode on that, but the building is not the church. The People are the church. We, the people, are the church. So we should be helping each other. And it says something if we can look at our brother or sister in need and not help them. And it's sad um, because that's what God has called us to do. If you, Like I said, if you go back to these original tithes, the whole point was to care for God's people. People that would otherwise have nothing we're supposed to be giving to them. Now, that being said, I also want to take this point to mention that tithing in the Old Testament was primarily about food. Today, we think of it in terms of money, but it's not just about money. One of the things that I can testify to personally is that the more money you have, the easier it is to give money. I've had so many conversations with people who it's very easy for them to just write a check and never think about something again. And to be honest, even in my own personal life, if you told me that you were hungry and that you didn't have any food, I probably would not hesitate to go out and buy you some groceries. But if we were standing together and all I had was a sandwich, let's say I have a foot long sub from Subway. That's all I have. I don't have any money. This is the only sub I got. And you're like, I'm hungry. It is really going to be hard for me to take half of that sub and give it to you. That is a very different thing. And um, there's an example of this in the New Testament where this lady gives the most expensive thing that she has. And, you know, Jesus points out that these people who have much give little. And this woman who has very little gives everything she has. And I think that's also something that we miss when we focus in on this 10%. Because 10% means something very different to somebody who only has, you know, $10 than it does to somebody who is a millionaire. If you're a millionaire, 10% is like a dollar. Like you don't even know that that's gone. And I think that that's one of the things that's emphasized in the New Testament when it talks about offering. Because offering is whatever God moves in you. God may be asking you to give way more than 10% because you may be able to give more than 10%. Um, Or he may be asking you to give time. He may be asking you to give support or to give, um, you know, something other. It may be a service. He may be asking you to give musically. He may be asking you to give artistically. I can tell you for a fact, when I was in grad school, I didn't give money to any institution whatsoever. 
Um, there may be a couple of times where I had like a friend who was struggling and I may have given them money to try to help them or something like that. But I wasn't giving money and my God still worked insane miracles on my behalf when it came to a budget. Like the things that people talk about with sowing a seed, I was definitely seeing God work and make money come up out of nowhere when I should not have been able to afford things where I should not have been able to pay my bills. I was able to pay my bills, but I was giving way more time to God because I had time and I was giving my computer science skills. That's when I created my blog. That's when I started putting information out on the web about God. I was mentoring like younger people and I still try to mentor younger people, but I was giving time because at that time I did not have money to give. And I think that that is something very important to understand when you talk about giving and when you talk about offering that biblically money was not a thing. Money is irrelevant. Money is something that mankind made up and it only means something to us. Even your dollar, I mean, okay, because we're in the US, most countries would probably take a dollar. Well, we'll see what happens after this whole coronavirus thing and we go into this economic spiral. But previously, um, you know, if you go somewhere, if you're from a country other than the US and you bring that money into the US and you try to use it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like you're gonna have to get it changed into this money because man is defining that. And God is sitting up there in his kingdom not caring about that. He already owns everything. He owns you, he owns me, he owns my house, he owns everything that I have. Like he doesn't need me to give him things because he already has it. The entire concept of giving is not about, oh, I have to give something to God. It's about I am giving to his people and that makes him happy. And that's expressed extremely well in Matthew uh, chapter 25. So I would encourage you, um, if you are fortunate right now to still have a job and to still have money, to look out for those people who do not have a job right now, who are not getting paid, who are struggling financially, because that is what God has called us to do. God has called us to take care of each other. And you know, if you don't have right now, don't blow your bank account trying to pay 10% because you feel like um, if you don't give God money, then you're gonna be cursed because that verse is taken completely out of context. Um, you may have something else to give. While you're not working, you may have time to give. You may have um, testimonies that you can share, that you can post on Instagram, that you can post on Facebook, on Snapchat, whatever platform you choose. Um, you may be able to you know, babysit for people who are having to go to work. You, I don't know, there's a whole host of things you can do to help your fellow man. And I think that once you move away from boxing yourself into this idea of a 10% tithe that you are required to, to give and you liberate yourself into what God has actually called you to do and you just listen to what he's telling you to do, you will be much more useful and you'll also feel more peace um, because sometimes God is gonna ask you to give a lot 
And sometimes he's not going to ask you to give that much. It's going to vary. And I think that it's important for you to hear him talking to you so that you can give what it is that he needs you to give. So that is our discussion on tithe and offering. Um, I said a lot. Hopefully it all made sense together. I'm going to put this all in note form for the show notes. I have a couple of extra notes that I mentioned that I'm going to throw in. There'll be all the verses. Um, I'm also going to link some helpful videos and things that I watched when I was studying tithe that may go into a little bit more detail or maybe a little bit more, um, I don't know, coherent um, that may help you. And I just hope that you will take that with you as you go forward. So have a blessed week and I will see you next time. Um, as always, those show notes that I mentioned will be on the website, www.psalmstoguide.com. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.